Tim Haig Reads Books, presented by Tim Haig. Larry Watson is better known in his Native America than in the UK, but Tim has been a fan since Larry's first novel, Montana 1948. Eight novels have followed, each one telling a compelling story in Larry's characteristic limpid prose. His new book, American Boy, is a luminous coming-of-age story set in 1962 when the grown-ups had the sex and the teenagers were envious of them, the exact reverse of the present day. Young Matthew Garth, not quite an orphan but unofficially adopted by the local doctor's family, is present when a young woman is brought in with a gunshot wound. To Matt, this seems to be the beginning of something. In time, he learns that it is really the end of the life he has been living. With Larry in Wisconsin and Tim in Finchley, London, they discuss the book by the magic of Skype. This is Tim Haig Reads Books, and I've been reading Larry Watson's latest book, which is called American Boy. Uh, Larry is the author of, um, I think it's, it's, is it eight novels, Larry? That's exactly correct. I'm not sure which of those eight books is is the best known. I mean, which is the best known in America, Larry? Uh, the best known by far is Montana 1948, uh, the biggest commercial success as well as the biggest critical success. I, I, I You're not terribly well known in Britain, which I think is a terrible shame. Uh, but one of the ways I know about uh, whether I like a writer is if I look at the, the, the books in the front of the, the, the titles in the front of your book and I, I compare it with the books on my shelf, in your case, all of all eight of them were there, which uh, made me think, yes, I want to read the new one. So let's talk about the new book, which is American Boy. Um, first thing that confused me was I didn't understand the title. Why is it American Boy? Uh, well, I think of uh, it, was it the American part that confused you or the boy part? Well, that no, he, he's he's young, so he I mean he's a teenager, and, and Matt is our, our hero, is a teenager. So no, I understood that he's a boy. I, I also understood that he's American. But w w where did the title come from? Why why are we using that for the title for this book? Uh, in a way, we're using the title uh, because of what I've been writing uh, in all the previous books. At some point, it occurred to me that. Uh, uh, American maleness has frequently been a subject of my fiction, and I guess I decided to uh, come right out and, and acknowledge that fully with this title. It could as it could as easily be American boys. Uh, for... In a way, yes, of course it could, because one of the central relationships is between Matt and his best friend Johnny, who's who's almost a brother. Uh, we, we we set the scene. Uh, Matt is not he's not an orphan, but he's a he's a child of a single parent who and um, he uh, he's sort of adopted by the family of the of the local doctor, Dr. Dunbar. And uh, and so Dr. Dunbar's uh, son, Johnny, is the same age as Matt. And they're they're practically brothers. Yes, they are. Uh, but, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to throw uh, Dr. Dunbar in there as one more American boy. Oh well, we'll come to that, I suppose. Yes, because of course it, it is. It is very much about American male experience. Um, let, let's say a little more about it. It's it's set in. Uh, it's not South Dakota. It's, it's the next uh, next state over, in a tiny little town in the bottom corner of a, of a midwestern state, and it's set in uh, the early nineteen sixties. That's correct. It's a part of Minnesota that. Uh sort of like the Montana of a couple of my novels, is, is not the Minnesota that, uh, that springs to the minds of most Americans. That is to say, in the land of 10,000 lakes, it's near none of them.
<laughs> yes, and it, it's this again. It's very much your territory, isn't it? A, a small town in which uh, in which the events that happen to a, a, a prominent individual have enormous rippling effects uh, within that tiny little community. Exactly so, uh, and I also felt, as with Montana 1948 and some other fictions, that this was territory I could claim as my own. That is to say, I didn't uh, feel as though there was another author's presence hovering over it, as, as certainly every uh, Mississippi writer must feel Faulkner hovering over him. Well, I was thinking about that. I was trying to decide who, who what kind of American writer you're like um because i can think of lots of writers you're not like but you do seem to have your own your own little uh, territory there that you you've carved out and not not just um geographically but in in literary terms as well um you, you know you, you don't do those sort of big splashy um world shaking events things there's no there's nothing uh, tom wolf or norman mailer about you it it's 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 much more um right here right now stuff that, that 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 you're you seem to be interested in much more like in a way like philip roth you know who, who who makes a whole world out of that that corner of existence that he has oh uh, well thanks for invoking philip roth's name he's a he's a writer uh, i revere uh but but no you're absolutely right uh, uh the focus of my fiction uh tends to be fairly tight and uh, does not cover a great span of time and history, I like to think, is uh, lurking around the edges, but probably doesn't uh, find its way right into the picture. Well, let's talk about history, because the, the timing of this book is, is very important. And um, obviously, you remember being young um, around about those years as well. But there, there are other reasons, aren't there, for, for setting the book back in the early 60s? Uh, yes, there are. Uh, and you're right, I do remember that time. I was born in 1947, so like Matt and Johnny, I was a teenager at uh, approximately that time. Uh, 1962 is, is important uh, to me for a number of reasons. Uh, for one thing, I don't think the decades um, are, uh, I don't think they mark the, the eras quite accurately. So 1962, I think, is probably much more like the the 1950s, an era of, of uh, conformity and repression. Then well, that's right, yes. Yeah. It, it is. It's, it's, it, it is about conformity, of course. It's, it's, it's taking us back to an era, for instance, when, when grown-ups had sex and kids didn't, which is almost the exact reverse of today. <laughs> that's exactly right. Are you thinking of the Philip Larkin poem? I certainly <laughs> Well, yes, yeah. Oh, and, and 1962 is, of course... Uh, uh, before 1963, the year of the Kennedy assassination, uh, that that time that many people regard as a time when everything changed. And we're dealing with, um, of course, the, a, a, a time in the boys' lives when they're becoming uh, sexually interested, sexually mature, and of course are desperately frustrated because you were back then. Um, w one of the things that... I like about all your books is is that you have a, a marvelously calm way of of grabbing the reader. Do you have a copy of the book in front of you, by any happy chance? I'm sorry, I do not. Ah, well, in that case, what I'm going to do is, if if I may, I'm going to read the first paragraph before page one, um, and which will explain to me why, or will explain to uh, us, I think, the the kind of thing you do so well. 
And, and, and it's this. I was 17 years old when I first saw a woman's bare breasts in itself, an unremarkable occurrence. But when you consider that I also saw my first bullet wound on that same body, you have a set of circumstances truly rare. And if the boy standing beside me that day had not been already as close as a brother, the experience would have bound us to each other in a way that even blood would find hard to match. Now, I, 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 having read that, would have to have gone on anyway, even if I hadn't been planning to talk to you about this book. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I like the notion of, of something that sort of hangs over the entire narrative, uh, certainly that works as, as, as a hook but something that does something else that establishes a voice and 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 perhaps a tone. Um, this one strikes me as as uh, calm, yes, but uh, also uh, maybe a little rueful. I'm not sure. You're always asked if uh, your books have any any element of autobiography in them, and um, I, I've read enough of them to know that they can't all be autobiography. Uh, tell me if this one has anything in it that that, that is drawn from your immediate life. Uh, not much, not much at all. Uh, although I have said uh, I, I've done a couple interviews already, and and I have mentioned that one of the things that I wanted to do in this novel was to try to do justice to the. Um, the intensity and and even the danger of the teenage years, which seems to me are so often depicted with a kind of wink and a leer and and uh, a pat on the head as if uh, teenagers' behavior is so often cute. And um, I was not a particularly risk-taking teenager, and yet uh, it it scares me now to think about some of the things that uh, that I did in the company of my friends, and again, I, I wanted to do justice to that, uh, to that intensity. The um, the place in which this uh, novel takes Willow Ford falls. You 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 go to an enormous amount of trouble to 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 fix it. Is it a real town? It is not. It is not. But I took bits and pieces of towns that. Well, uh, it, it is in. now. <laughs> yes, that's right. I love the way you, you do sort of it, within a, a single passage, you do both sides of the town. We've got you, you describe Dr. and Mrs. Dunbar taking trips to Minneapolis for the opera and the ballet. And then just after that, you have Matt's mother, who's a single mother, talking about the Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, I'm sure you remember. And she says, red owls are going to sell their leftover birds cheap. And Matt says to her, but it wouldn't be for Thanksgiving. And she says, no, but it'd be turkey. And I thought, yes, that's 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 the two different sides of the town. Yes, it is exactly, and uh, and Matt is already in interested in ceremony, and his mother seems to have have uh, moved past that. She's got other concerns, of course. She's 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 she is struggling in a way, but then Matt um, begins to uh, move out, and of course the 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 big thing in this book is that uh, the the woman whose breasts he saw in that first section and who's uh, who has the bullet wound is uh, a young woman called Louisa Lindahl who the doctor takes into his home danger danger stranger comes danger. to town do not let her into your home um especially when she's cute especially when she's cute exactly yeah um sure and and uh and Matt recognizes her as, of course, a beautiful woman and an object of his of of lust. Uh, he doesn't have much problem handling the lust part of things, uh, but in fact, uh, 
Matt and Louisa have some things in common, and uh, perhaps if if Matt could get past his lust, he could recognize those and and act on them. But uh, he has difficulties. Louisa, of course, um, has this uh, this allure because she she's already she represents uh, sexual possibility. She's been living unmarried with uh, another man who who shot her. We find out very quickly, and. Uh, then she she can become the the sexual focus of anybody of well not anybody but the, the, the men in the novel who are in need of a woman and that's of course Matt and at least one other character and I I I I saw that relationship between Louisa and Doctor Dunbar at exactly the moment you wanted me to you 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 pointed at me and I said ah I see excellent uh, I was hoping it would be there. Uh... Uh, without uh, having to be explicit about it, and that perhaps it would be something that uh, would would come to readers the way it might come to some of the characters in the novel. I, I read that first uh, passage about uh, about the the uh, the woman's bare breasts and and the, uh, the the bullet wound, and I think perhaps bullet wounds were a little less less common back then than they are now, but I could be wrong. Um, and and then of course what happens in this book is that uh, this this young woman um, is is taken into the doctor's household into Doctor Dunbar's household and that is is the the defining event of the uh, of the book really. Uh, yes, Louisa Lindahl uh, uh, has ambitions and and like Matt she's opportunistic and once she enters the the uh, Dunbar household she sees uh, opportunities a way for her to better her station in life. Uh, certainly the the plan that she develops is not Matt's plan, but it's uh, one that is well suited for someone with her um, with her gifts, we'll say. We we learn the outcome of, of, of that process, but why does he take her in? What what what's the Dr. Dunbar's and Mrs. Dunbar's motivation? Uh, I think initially it's probably simply charity and uh, some noblesse oblige, some desire to to demonstrate not only to Louisa Lindahl but to the community that uh, how how generous and and charitable they can be, and perhaps uh, the doctor recognizes something even before he recognizes it. Is is class an interest for you? Because it, it, it is aspirational. It, Matt Matt spends, if anything, more time at the Dunbar's house than he does in his own. And clearly, what that is 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 about his his desire to move from one to the other. Uh, how, how far is class a, a subject? Uh, I think it's extremely important in this novel. I've touched on it in other uh, works, but I think never quite so directly as in this novel. And I think of that as being part of of Matt's Americanness, this desire to move out of one social class into another. It's a beautiful novel. You have you have that marvelous uh, ability to 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 do everything um, immediately, like uh, uh, like in a short story, but at, at novel length, and and to to draw to draw the uh, the, the narrative through, so that uh, without without rushing, um, without rushing the reader, which, which I, I think is is a a genuinely uh, a genuinely marvelous gift to have. Um, would you um, like to see this as a movie? Uh, you know, I, I have no objections. I um, What filmmakers do seems to me so far removed from what uh, novelists do that I can't quite imagine how that conversion would happen. Uh, if it would, uh, that would uh, that would be wonderful. Uh, in, in this country, 
as soon as movies are mentioned in connection with a novel, the novel suddenly gains a little more status. And yeah, quite, already, quite right. <laughs> and I've already had an inquiry about uh, uh, film rights for this novel. We'll see what, what comes it, of it. It worked for J.K. Rowling. Oh, does it? Has she... <laughs> Have, have things been going well for her? <laughs> so I gather. Larry, the uh, book is called American Boy. It's published by Milkweed uh, Publications, uh, which is a publisher I'm not familiar with. Um, what's the price in America? Uh, I'm not sure. I get my copies free, but I think it's right around in the $25 area. Well, that's what Amazon is for, of course. Yes, it, yes and uh, it's available as an e-book as well. How do you stand on those? I'm I'm such a luddite. I ought to have a Kindle, and I haven't uh, I haven't gone in for one because I just love the feel of a book, especially American books. They have a, a lovely, luxurious feel to them, um, and I, I just can't bring myself. Have, have you gone for the Kindle yet? I haven't, not yet. Uh, like you, I like the feel of books. Uh, of course, I'm going to be making a trip this week, and I'm going to be lugging a few books with me. And one of the things that I'll think will be Man, it sure would be nice to take a bunch of these books on a little portable device. Uh, I'm not terribly concerned. I think it's uh, reading and the world of books will change, but I don't think books will go away. Well, Larry, thank you very much for talking to me. Um, I'm a big fan of American Boy. I hope it does extremely well. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. That was Tim Haig Reads Books, presented by Tim Haig. Tim Haig Reads Books is a Green Shoot production. More details can be found at www.green-shoot.com or Tim can be contacted on tim at green-shoot.com.